0: Welcome to another episode of All Things in the Name of Love. Today I have with me another soul sister that I just met, Gabrielle, or is it Gabriel? Gabrielle? Gabrielle. Yes. And Hi. we were just talking a couple minutes before I pressed the record button and we're both animal lovers, specifically cat lovers. I mean, I love all animals, but I just, I'm visiting a friend who, whose kitty Abu was on me right before I pressed the uh, record. and that energy of animals is so divine and um there's so many levels we can talk about but I want to start with this one because that's what we've called the heart resonance with first so tell me about your relationship with your kitties when you had them and oh, what wow felt yeah
1: yeah I felt I felt a family connection, a familial connection. Mm-hmm. Um, there was unconditional love. It was quite, they actually taught me so many lessons, Sophia, about uh, unconditional love, about trust, because they were both rescue cats, and the one was particularly feral. And she learned to love and trust. It took about five years to hear her little voice. So they were my protectors, and um. I guess I was there protected in some way. It was a really mutually symbiotic relationship. And I miss them two
0: years on. I miss them every day. And you felt that, so I've, I've felt that with animals too, where there's this protection that they offer. And I've had energy sessions with animals where they're literally bringing in. um, I had a session with my mentor a few months ago, and I was sitting in a friend's house and she said, is there an animal there? And I said, yeah, her name is, um, Oh, I just lost her name. No, anyways, cat was there and she was from Saturn. And she, I had to be there for the session to take place with me because she had information for me through her. I don't even understand, but it was really, really magical. And we did some healing for me that couldn't have taken place if I hadn't been in the house with this particular cat. That's interesting. Wow, this is so fascinating. So they they are so in tune with their multidimensionality in ways that we can't begin to understand. Yeah, they really are.
1: Yeah, I mean, after my
0: cats passed
1: away, I'm a channel, so I heard their little voices um, meowing. Well, they were split seconds and I wanted to hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had the most magical experience. I've got a photo of it where I was on an online program and I was in a very elevated energetic space mm-hmm. and they appeared. In I've got a, in the bedroom, I've got a, um, ceiling fan Mm -hmm. and they appeared in a beautiful gentle kind of light green orb for me and I knew it was them and so I took a photo because I was like oh people aren't going to believe this it was Ah. magical yeah
0: Mm -hmm. I love that I love that and so that that leads me to because you have that connection when did you first first start noticing it before you had a life as a corporate psychologist and that led you to, I, I know that was intuitive, because I already sensed that was intuitive. So how did that help you first connect with your animals and then connect you to your higher calling?
1: Sure, well, it connected me um, in so many ways to my animals, to my higher calling, to everything. I. Um, what actually happened was my awakening began when I started to channel but I was in a low vibrational state because my cats were actually not well at the time okay. and um I was anxious and I started channeling these sound bites I would wake up every morning and I would channel sound bites maybe not every morning but about four or five times a week and I never understood them they were in almost an ancient language that wasn't my own okay. and then I got a yeah and then I got a um they were mainly in my head, but then one morning I woke up to a voice at the bottom of my bed channeling Ben, the name Ben. And a few days later, in a in this program, I was I was on an online Zoom chat or program. I was in a breakout room, and there was a woman who was talking about her late son-in-law, Ben, who yeah, and they had just Uh, celebrated his eight year the passing you know the anniversary of his passing and I said what day what time and work time was exactly when I heard the word Ben that Mm -hmm. got me really curious Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then things started happening in my professional life where I just I really just lost the passion for what I was doing and it was a major thing because I'd always had so identified with my career. I loved it. It blew my hair back. And all of a sudden, it was no longer having any resonance with me. So there were a confluence of things that got me interested in, in energy work. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing it, uh I yeah, it just uh it opened up uh my purpose. I realized that I needed to pivot, I needed to find a way to work with people um, to heal them deeply and also quickly, which is what my modality does. Mm. I've been working in human transformation for many years in corporate, but it was a slow process. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of bureaucracy to get through. And I found a modality, <laughs> I found a modality that that enabled me to help people fast and also permanently. And that changed everything. I left the corporate world uh, and I am now an energy coach. It also, of course, has changed my relationships with family and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with my cats, yeah, the the sense of intuition, because mm-hmm. as my intuition was growing and expanding, uh, I was able to tune into what they were going through. and at that time, they were going through a kind of protracted, um, dying process, they were ill, they were anxious. so I was able to really tune in and uh, tend to their needs in ways I'm not sure I would have been able to have done had I not started this this journey.
0: I completely understand that because like when we allow ourselves to get out of our heads, yeah and listen to that 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 intuitive sense, it is pretty magical magical it's magical
1: and I think intuition is the most um tapped skill and we've all got it we're all born with spiritual gifts we're all born with deep intuition and life happens and we kind of lose that we lose that muscle and so it's when you are tapped into intuition you are able to live life in a way that is uh guided that is directed that feels a little bit you know more effortless you you actually really start to live more in flow and I wish more people would
0: would take that seriously (laughs) I agree I agree because like when I I know I can tell in my body when I'm doing something out of habit versus something when it's just flow and for me if I get in my head I have a practice where I put my hands on my heart and if I'm standing I'll ask what a yes feels like Which is usually forward and a no is backwards, and I'll have to put my feet far apart. (laughs) (laughs) So when I'm just sitting, I ask what a yes feels like, and I'll just wait and feel it in my heart and ask my body what a no feels like, and it'll usually drop to the bottom of my stomach. Mm -hmm. And that will keep, that will break the habit of the pattern of the behavior right it's interesting because I've
1: got a different and I love your style of intuitive scanning I do it slightly differently but I am going to try yours which is really to put your hands together and to ask a question
0: okay
1: Um, and to work out what your yes or no is for some people that for me it's if it's yes my hands move a little closer together if it's no, they either slightly move out or they kind of just stay the same. So there are different ways of tapping into your intuition, and uh,
0: yeah, I love yours. That's I'm interesting. That. So yeah. I'm, I'm just I have them like here, and and they're not moving forward. But if I ask for a yes in my hands, the tips get warm, and if I ask for a no, it drops to my palms. Interesting. Yeah, it's so fascinating.
1: It is fascinating yeah so i i I mean i actually just did it the other day i made a decision based on that very technique
0: (laughs) i love that that's it can be big it can be small i mean for me um i i am very sensitive uh with food and i love food so (laughs)
1: That's, that's a bit tough.
0: of a double whammy. <laughs> <I just laughs> <navigate that. laughs> with the yes and no's. Like I'll go to the grocery store. I'm oh, like, okay, can right. I have this? And for some reason, I dare I love Dairy. Um, Dairy doesn't love me anymore. But I was allowed to have some cheddar cheese this week. And I'm like, really? That's that's a treat then. Wow. And wow. This, it's not. So like I have to really just tune in and be like, okay, can I have it now? And it's like yes. Or no, and then I eat intuitively. So, it's, it's a whole thing because I've had to because my body is so sensitive. Yeah, I have to tune into like, okay, does this feel aligned? Does this not feel aligned? Like right now, for a few days, I'm just going to have like shakes and salads for my meals um because I'm doing some sort of, excuse me, detox. And that's yeah, perfect. other times. Yeah. Then- have a steak even though i haven't had one in 10 years because my body wants the nutrients of a steak so it really is that navigation is the combination of it's applied intuition
1: yes yes yes
0: i think that's really interesting
1: what i teach my uh, clients as as a way to build their intuition is through dreaming because it's the quick, and I, I mean, I've been working with dreams for 30 years, and it's yeah, it's the obviously the quickest uh route or path into your unconscious, mm-hmm. and so when you build that muscle and you get into the habit of um documenting your dreams. Mm-hmm sensing into your dreams all of that stuff you're actually building your intuitive capability as well so uh we all dream and it's something that we can all do so there's another tip for people who are wanting to
0: to develop or build out their intuition I love that because well I when I dream sometimes I have lucid dreams which is amazing And I can tell when the dream is for me and when it's actually tapped into the collective, because I'm I'm in tune with the energies. And if it's a collective, what I do is cancel, clear, delete, because I can tell the energy is a lower frequency than where I'm at. And so having that discernment, too, is pretty important because sometimes we like take on a dream that isn't for us.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. And I would extend what you're saying, Sophia, to thoughts and feelings. Like mm-hmm. if your vibration is low and you're kind of sitting with a story that's bringing you down, asking yourself the simple question, "Is this really mine?" is a way of discern making you know discerning between what's yours and what's either somebody else's or uh, part of the collective unconscious as well.
0: Right. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so much fun to like tune into those energies and and like for me in the past couple months the people I connect with um my former friends have we're shifting frequencies and that's the best way I can describe it so let's say I had a really really close friend six months ago frequency shifted so I'm not really communicating with them there's nothing wrong with that yeah. it's yeah. just a shift in the frequencies and since we're in such a dynamic time you know, shifting from, oh, that person doesn't like me to, oh, no, 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 we're just into different frequencies. Yeah. It minimizes yeah. the hurt feelings. It minimizes the perceptions that something's wrong. Yeah. And it allows us to just keep in our own lane. <laughs> Correct. Exactly.
1: And I think what you're touching on is such an important message for people who are going through a spiritual awakening or who are embarking on a spiritual journey because when your frequency changes you experience that in your external world both the good and the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and for many of us who have like traversed this journey relationships have changed and part of that is a little bit of a clearing up so for example I had a friend for many years who loved to who really loved to gossip and I used to kind of get into that with them and when my energy elevated I just I couldn't take the calls anymore mm-hmm. so they're you know it's a really common symptom of people who are elevating is that relationships change and some of that
0: means relationships purge and you've got to get comfortable with that yeah and there, and it's, it's not it's not a personal thing. No, it's not. That's not thing because like I've had some people in my life where I'm like, I've had awarenesses in the in the dynamics. I'm like, oh, that really doesn't serve me anymore. I love you, I see you, we're in different frequencies. And that that's all that needs to happen. There's no fight, there's no discussion. It's just yeah. this release. So everybody can be on their own journey. And what i felt, especially in the past couple months, is yes, be compassionate to others, yes, help others. But the self care, <laughs> it's it's gone through the through the roof. Huge,
1: huge. Because when you are um, when your energy shifting and you are releasing stuff, it can be physical, it can be emotional. You're purging, and so you've got to you've really just got to focus that
0: much more on yeah. your self
1: care. I couldn't agree with you more about that.
0: Yeah, I spend about eighty percent of my time alone. <laughs>
1: That's yeah, one form of to... self
0: care. Solitude is a form oh. of self care. Really yeah. is. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, being present with myself and my feelings, and not being distracted is so critical. I'm a former historian, so like I got a really, you know, very well developed um, obsessive compulsive curiosity tendency.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs>
0: to pull that back and be like okay let's get back to innocent curiosity yeah Yeah. and just feel because my my journey has been like getting back in touch with my body
1: Mm.
0: and really feeling what it wants to tell me as opposed to what my brain wants to analyze it's been really beautiful because my body tells me now yeah yeah
1: Yep, yeah, that's right. And it's available for us to tune in at any point in time. And it's quite incredible to me that we've got all these tools at our disposal, as our disposal, our bodies, nature, all these kinds of things that sleep, dreaming, and people really just, you know, don't access them. Right. There's so many tools that we've got to open ourselves to expand ourselves. Right. And you just got to be aware and conscious. Are you noticing with your clients
0: that there's more receptivity? Okay.
1: Definitely. Definitely. What's actually been really interesting for me is my clientele used to be mainly female. Okay. And what's changed is that I'm getting more men come to me. So that's an interesting observation. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of the receptivity there has increased, which I find very
0: encouraging. Hmm. I love
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, how are so you do seeing I,
0: show up with the men? I beg your pardon? How are you seeing intuition show up with the men?
1: Well, it's less about intuition showing up, but it's more about knowing that something needs to be fixed and they don't know how to take the next step. So I've helped men um, with sexual trauma. Childhood traumas, self sabotage patterns, uh, overeating, excess, also uh, anxiety, severe anxiety and loneliness. And what, and I'm, I guess I would never have imagined that that would have been a burgeoning part of my practice. They're coming in and they may not feel intuitive, they may not know what to do with
0: anything, but they're open to healing. And that makes all the difference. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. One of the things that I've seen in our culture, probably internationally, is many men don't know how to access their feelings. And so to be able to open that vulnerability. Yeah. So important for themselves. I mean, yes, for relationships, but first and foremost for the relationship with themselves. Correct. Correct. And to trust.
1: Uh, somebody they don't really know them. I might have been referred on to them, but to, it's the trust uh, in in giving yourself over to an energy worker or a intuitive healer is huge because yeah. there are there are a lot of charlatans out there and there are a lot of people who are not so ethical and so it's, it does take a big uh, leap of faith and trust.
0: Well, you know, for me, this is me. I can already feel your frequency
1: huh oh.
0: um so i know what you bring and what you offer cuz i can feel it um and i sense that even the ones that don't have that degree of sensitivity on some degree can sense it
1: i think so and i think what makes i guess me a little bit more relatable is that i've got a traditional background like you yeah. i have worked in corporate I've worked in a man's world. I have, uh, even though my subject matter was psychology, I was, you know, doing presentations, working with top teams, presenting to boards, all of those things that are relatable to a whole lot of people. Mm -hmm. So that does build the trust. And hopefully when you meet me, you will see that ethics are very, very important. Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of experiences with not so ethical energy workers and so-called light workers so i'm on a mission
0: to destigmatize it in many ways that's beautiful and to, norm- and to
1: normalize it yeah.
0: yeah yeah my my back road is the my back root back door is the animals because i see the animals taking on the yes. energy of their humans they do and what i've heard from the animals is they want to end the co-dynamic relationship that they've had and step into a sovereign steward relationship. So we're the stewards, we're not the owners anymore. We're the stewards and they can step into their sovereignty more. Mm-hmm. So I don't usually pick up cats anymore unless they're doing something that needs to be, like if they're trying to eat my food, I'll move them. Yeah, <laughs> like fair enough. <laughs> but like, But pass that away for them to come to me because I'm yeah. honoring that. It's a very interesting shift in the dynamics for me. Yes because I'm honoring that being as they know what they want. And if they want my attention, they'll come like a boo just came out of nowhere and was like in my face for 10 minutes. Now he's gone. He got his fix. Yeah. Yeah. And come back if, and when he wants to, right? right. And I don't have to demand anything of him. And so that's, that's the energy that they're shifting into. And so my, my mission is to try to help educate that. I think that's powerful, and
1: I mean I'm a real animal lover. I um I, I turned vegetarian when I was 11. Um now I'm kind of vegan, and I um I really love animals. All my pets are rescues. But as you're talking, I realise I when my cats were still alive, and they were as I said rescues. The one was a bit feral. I'd often just pick her up and kiss her and squeeze her and mm-hmm. hug her to try and show her love but what you're saying is really resonating because uh that might have been a bit of a boundary break um you know and so well, and kind of go like, away and reflect
0: well and it's also like the new ones the younger ones the ones that are two and under are really coming in with that energy the older ones are still in that pattern yeah yeah because because that's what they've known. And I've done ancestral lineage breakage. I just worked on a dog this week and he's uh he was some sort of terrier. And so he had the terrier behavior. Well, the terrier yes. behaviors in his ancestral DNA. Right. So we deactivated that, he and I, and then within 24 hours, he was chill because he didn't he didn't have the programming anymore. Correct. Correct. And it's like so they're all asking for release of those old programs however they show up and and then they're also asking the humans to um, be more accountable for their energy
1: true that's so, right i know i know and i'm as you are speaking i'm i'm reflecting on my own conduct and when my first cat passed away actually her name was saturn <laughs> which she made um there was six weeks between her and the next one passing and after she passed for the few days afterwards I wept and I had the other cat just sitting and watching me and I'm kind of thinking about whether energetically that was the right thing to do or not but I can't change it I'm just doing right 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 up no it's just
0: reflecting yeah. and 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 it's more of awareness for when you have another four-legged come into your life what that's going to look like now I mean I don't I haven't had a pet um four-legged in my life since 2014 that I've lived with full-time that is that is chosen to live with me like I've had stuff that I'm taking care of but they're not they're not in contract with me I guess is the best way to put it so when I have one and then he came into my field about six months ago and I'm driving and I hear this name Fernando I'm like oh okay I'm like what the heck is a Fernando and I hear it again Fernando. (laughs) <laughs> and his energy and he's a big rescue Bernie's mountain dog that really yeah. wants to be in my field. And I'm like, okay, honey, I have to have a place to have you first. I've been I've been traveling a lot. So like when I'm settled, he can come into my field. And like he's just like gonna be completely different from anything as a dog I've related with before, because if he's coming into my consciousness right now. I haven't even met him yet, but he's like, I'm I'm ready. I'm like, wow, yeah. Okay, yeah. What are you ready for. <laughs> Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah.
1: It's just if I can just go back to something yeah. you said a few moments ago, yeah. which I find is probably worth just double down uh, and a a doubling down on, which is um the idea that to in order to heal. In the here and now you sometimes have to go back across the lineage you've got to go deep into space and time and that's something that i i do as well i've got oh, sacred beautiful. geometry yeah i work with advanced sacred geometry that allows me to access um you know a person's uh, timeline in this lifetime so to go back to childhood wounds beautiful. and heal them um, and then also gestational wounds And then, uh, you know, I can access the karmic grid if something's karmic, Mm -hmm. as well as ancestral lines. So I think what you're talking about is so important because often the blocks that we have and the issues we have, we carry transgenerationally. And when you heal at that level, it's like a circuit breaker, which is saying is this pattern stops with me. And that's where... um, rapid and permanent change happens yeah. yeah i'm really glad that you mentioned that and i just oh, did not yeah.
0: want to lose it oh yeah definitely and i want to talk more about what what how how do you experience your sessions because i'm so curious because i love the energy of sacred geometry it's not i almost failed geometry so i know this is different <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but like how does the how did the energetics come through you in sessions
1: Well often by intention so I not always but most often I set the intention to create a particular sacred geometry that will be useful in a particular healing Hmm. Um, so but there are times where I suddenly feel myself surrounded by a sacred geometry or embodying a sacred geometry but most times it's by intention so I'll set that well we'll, what we do is I'll, I'll You know, So typically hour-long sessions, we'll set an intention for the session, what does the person want to release most? Mm -hmm. And then I'll do the healing. And then while I'm doing the healing, I'm called to create and build particular sacred geometries that are either kind of put in my energy field or actually put inside me and then expand, depending. And then I use them in that way. Uh, So yeah that's how it works that's amazing
0: active yeah actively yeah setting intention wow I love that that is so magical because like my I can feel and sense and know and visualization is kind of a little not my, my my not my strength so much so like to be able to feel I'd be able to feel the sacred geometry more than actually like visualize it and but I love that. Well, we've all got different spiritual senses, you mm-hmm.
1: know, so for some of us, it is feeling and for others, it is clairvoyant sight, <laughs> Um, but Actually, intention is so powerful that when you set the intention to build some uh, sacred geometry in its divine proportions, you actually don't have to see it or even feel it. It happens automatically. So, yeah, yeah. So that's the power of intention. But for me, when I layer on, you know, my spiritual senses and I can really sense it uh, or I can see what it is and I can feel it spinning or whatever, that amplifies the effect for sure
0: i love that
1: (laughs) (laughs) so do i (laughs) i love sacred geometry i I just think it is gosh it's fascinating and it is
0: so powerful Mm -hmm.
1: yeah
0: why how, how were you drawn into it
1: well actually i just an advert came up on instagram one of those (laughs) cookies (laughs) and it was um, a three-day kind of extended weekend workshop Uh, you know this guy felt like he there was something about him there was a Mm -hmm. resonance and i attended it and he didn't speak about sacred geometry in the ad but when i got there so we kind of moved um, slowly through some of the basic course material. And he got us to the point on day three where he spoke about geometry, and I didn't even know what it was. And I then, after that, signed up and I did three levels of accreditation wow. with him. Because I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it, you know, Reiki masters use. Uh, Not so much geometry nor symbols, but the methodology that I use is advanced multi-geometry, so working with things like the flower of life, working Mm -hmm. with things like the tree of life, working with things like the Sri Yantra and so forth and they've got uh, incredibly potent energetic frequency yeah you've got to got to build up to be able to work with them and then when you've got that energetic capacity and you work with them they
0: expedite healing it's Mm -hmm. quite incredible to see that's beautiful i love that we've had these symbols around for so long and you know some beings know how to use it, but the fact that it's finally getting taught again, yeah. you know, the tradition wasn't lost, but that it's now being able to be used in the healing that it was probably all along meant to be used for is really magical. It's magical.
1: And uh, it's ancient wisdom, as you say. Yeah. And it, it's non-denominational. So you will find sacred geometry in all formal religions Mm -hmm. Um, and the way that i've learned to use them is to kind of bring all like an eclectic source from them and to use them together it is magnificent yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's just that's just so magical like i am just i'm just imagining the I have a friend who does sound healing frequencies and I'm I'm actually visualizing these powerful, sacred geometrical figures with the sound frequencies that he brings in because I feel the synergy of them. And it yes. just, feels, it just feels like, so. Yes. Like intense. Do you hear frequencies when you bring in the different geometries or is it a sense or. It's a sense for me. I actually
1: um my clear audience was really the only thing I had when I started, but now I've got clear so I can see and I my sense, uh, my clear sentience has developed, so I can really sense it. When it comes to sound healing, it's what what you kind of really alluding to is the power of layering. So You can be doing, you know, you can be listening to solfeggio or binaural beats, okay, sound frequency that's healing. And then you can also be using your active imagination to bring shapes and frequent, you need to start seeing things and Mm -hmm. imagining things. The more you stack when you're healing, the more potent the healing is um so so sound with in visual you know vision uh, visualizing things is a really potent combination
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: i love that and i love and i love sound frequency i'm a big big fan of it i went through a phase i haven't done it in a couple of months but for a long time i went to sleep every night with self mm-hmm. music for a frequency playing i would do a bit of a scan. You spoke about intuition, which chakra needs, we well, you know I want to be healing overnight. And say it was, you know, my heart chakra, then it would be I'd pick the five to 8 so the energy frequency, which is the frequency of the heart chakra. And it's a very efficient and low-effort way of healing. More people should do it. Because you could literally go to sleep with it or lie back and relax. And the sound frequency does a lot of healing for you.
0: Yeah, I'm amazed and and giddy about how we get to live in this time frame where all of these gifts are coming forward for people to heal. It's very much. um, I, I feel so much compassion. Like my mom is 84. She has dementia. She had childhood trauma. No interest no interest in anything I do, any modalities I have access to because it's her soul journey. But I think she perceives that the degree of healing she needs to undergo to clear her soul out um, is too great. And so... I just send her unconditional love every day. That's right. You know, you can't heal somebody without their consent. That's one of the
1: ethical, but also practical things. Like, you know, unless you've got someone's consent, you're not going to be able to get to their energy, nor is it ethical to do so. But what you can always do is you can always send unconditional love. And I have a sacred geometry that I actually got two sacred geometries that activate unconditional love. And if I can embody them and pull that frequency in and just send love Mm -hmm. to somebody, it's very powerful. It's the basis of how I do world healings. Because when you're doing a world healing, you can't ask permission from 7 billion people or however many people. Right. So you just kind of, I've got this sacred geometry. It amplifies the love frequency and I send it out.
0: I love that. Cause we could, like, I, I activate my toroidal field and send out unconditional love every morning and night when I go to sleep awesome. and wake up because yeah. I, um, I was in a, I was visiting Orcas Island last summer. And I went to see a play. It was C.S. Lewis's Lion Witch in the Wardrobe and mm. C.S. Lewis. Exactly. I remember <laughs> that growing up. <laughs> so, yeah. but the place I was at had very deep post traumatic stress disorder from the past three years. Nice. I lived in Mount Shasta. I didn't experience any of that. I was really, really blessed that I did. I, like, I saw my friends, I hugged them, we had dinners together. Like, I didn't change my life for the past three years. So I go in and I'm like this little butterfly unicorn thing, like, hi, how are you mm-hmm. doing? I'm wonderful. And they're all in trauma. So I'm like feeling like I need to do something that like help them. And I hear activate, activate your macabre. I mm-hmm. never, I love the macabre.
1: I love and I'm
0: activating something, activated my macabre. And then I hear, okay, Now we're activating your trital field and you're just going to send unconditional love to everyone. I was like, Oh, wow. That's so cool because I'm not in charge of taking care of anyone. I can watch the play and send unconditional love. That isn't mine. It's just the unconditional love that exists. Yeah. And I had a beautiful time at the play. I felt the shift in the, in the whole audience. Again, it wasn't me. I just happened to be the one holding space for that and emitting it and yeah. then i left when i was done and it just felt like i didn't have to do anything i yes. was just open to be the one to offer this and that's and how that, simple our lives can be <laughs> absolutely
1: and and that's the power of sacred geometry you talk about the macabre which i use all the time now sacred geometry allow, it's like an adapter and what it does when you use it is it allows Divine energy to channel through you and you just become the vessel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and it's you you can there are times when you are active in the healing you physically going in releasing blocks but there are times where you can actually step back and just let the geometry do its thing. Mm-hmm. and what well, that's what you had that experience so it's important as a healer for us to always remember that we are not doing the healing we are merely the vessel mm-hmm. for that healing for divine healing to flow through us which is why we've got to be in a high vibration state yep. we've got to have works on our own blocks so that we are clear channel and a clear vessel
0: mm-hmm. i completely others. agree with that it's yeah. so important because if I and I love when I do a session, um I feel things shifting. Um my handwriting gets almost electrical. Yeah. yeah. And like I'll hear things come through and I'm just writing it down into a formula. And like sometimes I'll pause just to make sure that I'm getting the information right. But I mean, by the time the session's done, I I'm like, what did I? Great. like what exactly. I back and so I know it's not me. I just happen to be the facilitator for the healing and I'm so grateful for that because it gives my left brain a break it expands my my connection to the divine within me and it's it's like it's like a little kid when I, when I see the animal receiving the healing I get so excited. I'm like a little kid. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like that kind of level of excitement because yeah. it's not me. Yes. The like innocence that's that's me.
1: Correct. Correct. I agree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lots to
1: talk about, lots of ground to cover. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways that a conversation about energy healing and spirituality can go. And yes. um,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well that's the joy is like it's it's just it's so much fun to be able to have a podcast so i can interview people to share different modalities because not every modality is going to work for every single person true true that's absolutely true
1: so i found my modality and um but i actually think like the the key to modality is working. I mean, the modality is important, but the person on the receiving end has got to be receptive. Mm-hmm. Have you not found that right? So oh, yeah. I mean, most of the time it's self-selecting. So people will come to me because they, you know, want it. Mm-hmm. But there are still times where even if people want it heart at their in their heart center, they're not able to open up. And I've had about to experience, it's not very many, oh. where I cannot read somebody's energy because they won't let me in. Mm-hmm. And, and in those instances, it doesn't mean that healing hasn't happened. It mm-hmm. just means that I can't really give detailed feedback to mm-hmm. the person. But yeah, I mean, the efficacy of any personal development or self-development modality is the willingness of the per the receiving party gotta be wanting it open to it trusting yeah. in it
0: i there's a there's dog i know beautiful beautiful not um very strong-willed oh my gosh so strong-willed and gets in trouble all the time his name is smoky mm. he's just like he owns the neighborhood and it's a big neighborhood. It's like it's rural <laughs> weed California. And he has never let me do a session with him. Yeah. Like, oh no, no, I'm fine. I'm like, sure, yeah, exactly. like you're eating all the things that you're not supposed to be eating and you're like getting out of your invisible fence thing. And he's like, Yeah, no, I'm good. Really? Like, oh yeah, no, I'm doing me. And you humans have to adapt to it. I'm like because we don't want to hit you when you run in the road and you know like stuff basic human stuff and he's like no i'm good wow it's so fascinating it's
1: really fat and humans are exactly the
0: same
1: yep yeah i've had a handful of people who are just as i go in i can feel the resistance i can just feel it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah so if you are keen to heal check check in with yourself first and ask are you ready are
0: you this is something you really want right I, I'm I'm of the how many different modalities can I try <laughs> me too <laughs> like, I know oh, that looks really cool I want to see what that one is I want to see what I that know because for know. me my mission is to um find as many subconscious programs I possibly can so I can be more light to the world correct and that's right. not my ego, it's just, I don't like all the subconscious programs. <laughs> I know, I know, they're like
1: reels in our head. They just keep going and going. I mean, I've been in the field of psychology like 27 years, in energy mastery for a number of years. And I actually woke up this morning, I had a really profound dream. I haven't captured it, but I still do remember it. I got there's something there, there's an unconscious story that has come out of that dream and I've got to go away and figure it out and sort it out I had so, that this week
0: too it was like yeah. really deep and I'm like okay and it was like three different days of dreams that showed me different aspects and then the third nor- third morning I woke up and I was like okay my mind really just wanted to figure out like how complex it was so I'd know all the layers to heal because it just came in in so many different ways I'm like oh, this is a really big one. This is like 43 years of my life, big level in this lifetime. Right. Of perceiving how I identify myself. I'm like, this is really cool that I get to. It's going to require a lot of patience and a lot of compassion and a lot of self-forgiveness and a lot of acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. And that's perfect. And I have the ability to do that now. I, exactly. didn't, I didn't 10 years ago. I didn't even have two years ago
1: forgiveness is such an important part of moving forward I always say this it's like my mantra moving forward you know when you're wanting to change it's as much about moving forward as it is about letting go you've got to do those two things simultaneously and forgiveness is a huge part of letting go again I've got a sacred geometry that is all about talking forgiveness Mm. and um, I often use it when i am dealing with childhood traumas with people mm-hmm. um, because at that age the young child that's where the stories germinate they don't have the capacity to make sense of what's happening in their world and so and often take on the blame and take on responsibility that is inappropriate for them to be doing so so it's total forgiveness uh geometry and process that i facilitate
0: is
1: is a very very important part of moving forward you can't just move forward you've got to let go first
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm-hmm and yeah especially for the little ones because i'm sure anyone born after like 1960 has i mean prior to that yes but the energies were denser so it was harder to be empathetic Anyone after like 1960, I'm using that as an arbitrary date, came in sensitive. Yeah. And to take on the energies of our ancestors, which I did, I was like, I I knew when I was little, I'm like, okay, I am clearing everything. Like what, what does that even mean? I am not having children because I'm not bringing it forward. And I knew that at Um, 10 because I wanted to clear all of the ancestral stuff. And I'm like, why, uh-huh. why, what does that mean? You know, I'm 10, but like, then I took it all on because like, and then I started, you know, becoming yeah. aware of it in my old, in my later years. But like, there was this determination of like, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be cleared and nobody else needs, I'm i going to do it. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: You're breaking the cycle. You're a cycle yeah. breaker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't been oh, I get
1: that. No. <laughs> well, you know, the process, for a lot of people, they say it's not fun or it's difficult, but I get a little bit of a thrill because when I'm feeling, I'm in a kind of a healing space and I'm uh, purging and emotionally, I feel depressed. Uh, like all, my, all I see it as is that it's my old stuff coming out to the surface to be released. Yeah so I kind of welcome it because it's Mm -hmm. temporary. um, And on the other side of that challenging
0: kind of experience of letting go is peace. Yes. We all seek that. Yes. There are just some, some that are a little more difficult to get to peace than others.
1: (laughs) That is true. That is very true.
0: (laughs) Right. And it's like having that deep level of of Kuan Yin is one of my guides and She's yeah. constantly reminding me, no, slower, slower, honey, slower, slower. I'm like, oh, okay, be slower. And then I'll go into a deeper level and then it's no, even slower than that. I'm like, and embracing the breadth of the me that I am. Yeah. Um, so recognizing I love driving a performance car and I'm really gentle.
1: Yes, and oh, that's a beautiful like, analogy. That's beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yes. So that's great. Nice. Awesome. yeah so i'm going to ask you one final question because we're getting close to an hour and we are that went really quickly yeah i know um how do people find you people can find me on social media
1: they can just uh, instagram gabrielle.pinstone uh, also i've got a uh, facebook page but i'm more responsive on instagram I love DMs. I love starting conversations with people. I also post there, not all the time, but a few times a week. And I share practical tips uh, all the time. And then uh, also launching my program, a new program. So all the details will be there if people are keen to join. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Gabrielle, I have so thoroughly enjoyed meeting you and having an incredible conversation with you. And having this heart space connection with you, I'm just so grateful. Thank
1: you. I'm also really grateful. Thank you for the time. Oh,
0: you're welcome. Can you help me
1: redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go and let it flow.